Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight so you and i were just talking about the and it's still a hypothetical matchup between uh desantis and uh and uh, donald trump mm-hmm. and it was a couple of weeks ago where this week was suspected of being one of the weeks where desantis may announce there's been no buzz on that but he's been making the rounds doing a ton of fundraisers across the country including iowa and yeah. over the weekend yeah and then Des Moines Register, some of the leadership of the legislature, GOP legislature, endorsed uh, DeSantis. And here it is where they talk about, for example, most recently he's been uh, resolute on the vital issues such as school choice, tort reform, parents' rights, mirroring many of the same successes we've accomplished here in Iowa. He's taken on entrenched interest and vicious opponents and won battle after battle. In the recent legislative session, he and the Florida legislature passed what uh, might rank as the most comprehensive conservative agenda in the country. What is the net effect of all this effort? Florida has grown its state population. It's a number one state in the country for economic growth and new business creation. It is historically low unemployment, well below the national average, and it has the lowest per capita state tax and state debt burden among large states. That is effective leadership. That is what the country deserves and needs. There are, of course, other Republican candidates in the 2024 mix, but no one matches DeSantis's combination of conviction and execution. It isn't enough to believe in conservative ideals. Uh, in modern politics, we need leaders who can pass bills, govern effectively, and win elections. We're past the point of accepting pleasant moral victories. We need actual victories in the fight for the country's future. That point may be the most critical in the governor's favor. In his 2022 election contest, Ron DeSantis won uh, by a county mile, excuse me, a country mile, not a county mile, (laughs) against a former Republican governor. He secured victory by almost 20 points, the widest margin in a gubernatorial contest in four decades. He carried 62 out of the state's 67 counties, and most astonishing of all, he won Miami-Dade County by over 11 uh, points, historically the bluest of blue counties in Florida. Hmm. Is that all you do is promote that over and over again? And write it that way? And state it that way? Uh... I, I mean that I think that has to be a part of it, but I think in the it, in today's 
political arena, you're going to have to spell out, yeah, but what are you going to do for me, right? I mean, you you have to go out oh, yeah, and yeah, promote yeah. those ideas right. of, of, all right, you know, this is what we need to be doing as a nation. But I'm talking the primary. This is mm-hmm. strictly the primary, where everyone knows that there isn't much difference between Trump and DeSantis on the actual issues. Yeah. I'm talking just the primary, not the general election. Mm-hmm. At that point, you need to do that. But right now, Republicans, Republicans, some Republicans, I, I can't say all, some Republicans uh, want to win. Some Republicans want to win and believe Trump is the only way there. Some Republicans believe we need to the, that they need to win but they can't do it with Trump, that Trump cannot win. And that's based on the fact that the majority of people voting in the election will not be Republican. Can Trump gain independence? That's the question. Yeah, I I think that's for that reason he needs to demonstrate a few of those big ideas for for what what he believes the future of the party is. And demonstrate how that's going to appeal to the independent, you know, during the the general election. I I think there are a number of things too that along the way uh, you have to demonstrate. I think it has to be a very clear difference between the two of whether you engage or don't engage. Now, when you see here, because you see this point here where you talk about the fact that he won 62 out of 67 uh, counties and he won Miami-Dade County by over 11 points, historically the bluest of blue counties in Florida. Now, many will say, and you'll see the Trump supporters say this on I've seen on, on social media. I mean, these are the loyal, these are the people that are actually working for him mm. or, you know, been in with him since day one. Mm. I know who these I know who these people are. Mm. And it's like they would take that and say, see, if you win Miami-Dade County by over 11 points, then you're a rhino. So the point for Republicans, did DeSantis win all of this because he's a rhino or did DeSantis win it because the public is already behind most of the ideas that conservatives promote? They just don't like the personalities that have been promoting them and they found one they liked. And I mean, personalities, I don't mean just likable. I mean, a personality that explains to you why this conservative principle is better for you. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you've got to show that you can bring people to your side. You've got to demonstrate that you can do that. And if people want to throw out the rhino label, you know, all right. But the question is, what has the agenda been? What are the things he's actually done? Because if it's a rhino agenda, well, then that becomes clear he's not the choice if you're a conservative. But what's the agenda? What are the actual accomplishments? What are the things he's done what are the things he's actually changed? And like the the guy who called us a couple weeks ago, I got an email, called us rhinos, and I responded, I said, you may have a point there. Um, we are pretty conservative, libertarian, 
It's not exactly where the Republican Party is yeah, today. I don't, I don't call myself a Republican. <laughs> yeah, so, so we may be. So I'm not even a Republican so, in but, name. But but not. But that is viewed as it, mm-hmm. if you're a Rhino that you're to the left, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, no, there may be many Rhinos that are to the right of where the party has been going over the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's and and you know if you want to throw the establishment mm-hmm. label at him or or. There's a reason this is this is what the buildup on social media has been for DeSantis. There's a reason the establishment Republican wants the guy. Well, fact of the matter is, is that the party needs somebody, number one, that can win. Number two, that can further the agenda to try and, you know, at least start to turn things around. I don't wish that on anybody. I don't wish anybody to have the job of cleaning up Joe Biden's mess. Because it's not going to be easy. And there's the, you know, there's the thing beyond the election that we all have to consider is that the things that are going to be done, some of those things politically will be impossible when you start talking about making cuts here and there. You got to sell that at the the states you got to sell that at the district level good luck with that i'm with you we need to be making cuts we need to get the national debt crisis solved politically it's death yeah because the public wants it until they get it exactly no we need to be responsible okay we're going to start cutting these programs well no and then they throw out inevitably well, we need to quit giving so much to other countries. Well, foreign aid is just a drop in the bucket. Well, I saw McCarthy out there the other day, basically, you know, and 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 it's a good argument. Look, we're starting small. He said what we mm-hmm. said. Yeah, right. He said this isn't going to change. We still this isn't where we we still need to go so much further. There's so much fiscal discipline we need. But here's the things we're asking for: the unused COVID money. Mm-hmm. don't use it right that's not radical right. it's been sitting there nobody is using it right don't just give it out to government agencies right cut that right cut that tell me that doesn't make sense well you really can't argue with that one can you right now it's not again but he admitted it's not going to do do any it's not going to change the path that we're on, but it's the beginning of doing it. It shows a willingness, a bipartisan willingness. You know, hey, we're willing to do it, but we need bipartisan support to actually have some fiscal sanity. I think there was an Associated Press report that actually said that in there. It said, well, we're going from the big COVID spending to now fiscal responsibility. That's where these talks are headed. I'm like, wow, that was the Associated Press writing that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you got to go for the small victories where you can. Because any of this, if Republicans get one thing out of what they're proposing right now with Biden, that would be a victory. Not a big victory, Mm -hmm. but at least you're moving things in the right direction. The one thing of saying only a, what is it, a 1% increase from COVID? Mm -hmm. Pre-COVID, just a 1% increase. Right. You know, over that pre-COVID, mm-hmm. take all this. Most people would say, yeah, that sounds pretty good because you're actually not cutting. You are because of inflation, but mm-hmm. 
That's the other thing. Even if you don't cut, you're cutting. Well, and with interest rates growing and, you know, the, the oh. interest on the debt being yep. a greater part of that, that's, I, I mean, there's, there is no quick way. There is no fast solution. That's why Biden put in the $6 trillion, you know, it's a budget because they knew inflation and the interest rates were going to eat into the budget yeah. no matter what. Right. And if Biden proposed a budget that was just up 5%, you're still getting killed from the extra four or $500 billion in interest you have to pay be, uh, in uh, on the debt because mm-hmm. interest rates are up. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. there isn't going to be a quick solution on this. Uh, and everywhere you look, there's a fire. So I mean, we're just right now. We're just talking about the the debt. We're talking about spending. It's funny because in the media, it's like anybody know when the actual deadline is. I mean, Janet Yellen keeps using June first, but it does vary because of revenue and spending. Right. <clears throat> and the fact of the matter is, is that there is no political will to come in and and do the drastic cuts needed. No, but can no. you get? The political will and the GOP seems to think so to do what they're doing. Start small. At least officially recognize that it's a problem. (laughs) I mean, if nothing else, everybody talking about the national debt again, that's a win. Well, no, you're right. Everybody knows it's a problem. The Democrats won't admit it's a problem. Exactly. Like just get him to admit that it's a problem, just, and we've moved a little bit in the right direction. Right. Especially if we can get anything cut right. in order to get the debt ceiling raised. Right. And that's why you make it a short debt ceiling, though. You don't make it $10 trillion. You make it $1.5 trillion with this, and then we'll do it again. And if you haven't cut in that time, then we're going to hold that against you because you said... We would make major cuts afterwards in order to balance the budget, Mm -hmm. but you're not willing to do it. Right. Because, see, that's the thing. There is no history between this Congress and the executive branch. Right. And so you don't want to go $10 trillion, which would take, you know, three weeks to spend. You do a trillion and a half, which would be done by next Tuesday. I was going to say, we might not make it to next weekend. We won't make it to June 1st. <laughs> 86690 Red Eye. So what are some dairy producers proposing in the way of changes to federal milk marketing orders? Associate Administrator of USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service, Melissa Bailey, says for two proposals offered this past March, the International Dairy Foods Association and the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association submitted separate proposals to amend the federal milk marketing order make allowances, which is the value attributed to converting raw milk into certain dairy products. And these are used to establish minimum prices for milk that is used to then manufacture these products. Those pricing formulas are the basis for the minimum average price that USDA announces for each of the 11 federal milk marketing orders. Earlier this month, the National Milk Producers Federation submitted a separate proposal with several components to amend the order. The Agriculture Secretary is currently requesting more information on the March proposals and reviewing the May request. 
I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. Front Eye Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I founded from Saturday this Associated Press. In debt ceiling standoff, COVID era of big spending gives way to new focus on deficit. Hmm. Just the fact that that headline exists from Associated right. Press. Just the headline. And then the first sentence, the, uh, our one outcome is clear as Washington reaches for a budget deal in hmm. the debt ceiling standoff. The ambitious COVID-19 era of government spending to cope with the pandemic and rebuild is giving way to a new focus on tailored investments and stemming the deficits. Mm-hmm. Biden says recouping unspent coronavirus money is on the table in budget talks with Congress. Now, uh, he now uh, he made it clear, McCarthy, he wants that as part of this this deal. Yeah, that if you can't put this in this deal to show the public that you want to you know have restraint then nobody believes you, I think was McCarthy's point, Mm -hmm. which is a solid point. Sure. Meanwhile, the Education Department is preparing to restart the federal student loan debt repayments after a three-year pause. Yeah, next month, June. Yep. 
Cardona revealed the administration's intention at the Senate Appropriations Committee hearing on Thursday when Senator Katie Britt of Alabama asked him why the government should forgive student loan borrowers when President Biden is demanding that Congress pay its debt obligations in arguments with Republicans over the debt limit. (laughs) Britt, a first-term senator, cited the remarks about the federal debt made last Monday by Corrine Jean-Pierre and asked if Cardona agreed. That's where she said, if you buy a car, you're expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you're expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation, Jean-Pierre said, as we played it and all laughed last week at it and said, my gosh, she opened herself up uh, uh, big time. Uh, Cardona said he agreed with the White House, and then she said the same logic must apply to student loans. Uh, We agree, and we're preparing to restart repayment because the emergency period is over, and we're preparing our borrowers to restart. Did the polling show that it the public had had enough with it well certainly they they probably saw <laughs> at, at, at least they saw that there would be a challenge if they tried to kick the can down the road any further because the covid emergency is gone then you're not going to have any justification in the courts the public sentiment i don't know i guess it depends on who you ask but certainly if you were to ask somebody who was not having to repay a college loan, do you think they should keep that going, that they should have to, you know, or the government should let them not make payments any further? They'd probably say, no, they need to start repaying now. And they, it shouldn't have gone this long. Because COVID is far behind us. All the emergency must, you know, stuff officially is ending now but it's been over for quite some time but i saw this meme that says why are so many liberal activists still wearing masks outside (laughs) (laughs) yeah You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. So, yeah, so federal uh, student loan repayments uh, to uh, restart uh, next month. You see what Dave Chappelle said when he was in San Francisco? Mm. What the F happened to this place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of the comedians, both in San Francisco and in Austin, Austin shares with San Francisco, not to that extent, but a long-running homeless problem. I think uh, Chappelle touched on that in San Francisco. But the whole idea of the you know homeless problems in these blue cities. And man, I mean, it's been relentless from stand-up comedians. Just... It, it just laying it out. And what's funny is these are liberal comedians. These are not conservatives up there. And they're getting laughs and applause. And 
you know, this is why Chappelle really hasn't been canceled. You think about it. He just kind of, he, you know, I don't know that he had to fight back because his audience was always there. They didn't abandon him. You know, and the whole Netflix thing, Netflix was like, well, you don't have to watch it. They had people internally that were quitting over his stand-up specials. And Netflix management came back, and because they did the inside work, they looked at it. Their audience members, the subscribers, were watching the specials all the way through. Well, you see the same thing about uh, CNN last week with the, you know, the the town hall mm-hmm. or the debate between Trump and the anchor person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the uproar of the of the the left. Mm-hmm. They were more angry at that than they were Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo yeah. being yeah. blown blown out. They were furious about it. Why? Yeah, why why is why is that a problem? Well, because Trump will put out disinformation. <laughs> well Well then we stop all interviews right. of every Democrat. Right. In fact, CNN shouldn't be on the air at all then. Right. New York Times shouldn't print a paper. Washington Post needs to fact check their own fact checker and then go out of business. Well, if I you're mean, talking about that we can only allow people who tell 100% of the truth on the air and you're a liberal Democrat, then you're delusional. If the GOP decides to come to an agreement with CNN, and have a primary debate on CNN. They'll lose their ever-loving minds. Why are they so upset? Ask yourself this question. Why are they so upset about anybody that they disagree with getting airtime? Getting any airtime or any speaking time in front of a college or anything. They hate that. Nobody, Why? nobody on the left's complaining when Mayorkas is well, pa- is pathologically lying. Whether when Biden's on, when he's pathologically lying. Now the interesting thing is, <laughs> they don't want to hear from Donald Trump yet. They also don't want to hear from from their own guy Biden. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> no, they're actually screaming for him. Well, here's the thing: they say that they shouldn't let him on because. He's telling a bunch of lies. Well, I don't say that about the opposition. I don't say, well, someone should keep Biden from speaking. Well, it, because I see the lies. Here's here's where they catch themselves. Well, he's telling a bunch of lies and disinformation. So you're smart enough to see it, but nobody else is. In other words, if people watch that and you think it's all lies... Do you think people are too stupid not to see the lies? Well, would, or would the right? Are you afraid of him telling something that's not a would lie? Would the right be upset if, um, if Biden agreed to do an interview with Sean Hannity on Fox News? <laughs> that's a serious. I yeah. mean, I know it's funny, but if mm-hmm. Biden said, "We," well, it's funny because we know that he won't do that. Mm-hmm. 
say what you want about Trump, but he went into enemy territory with the anchor. I just can't think of her name right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin, I just can't think of it. Uh, but he went into enemy territory. By the way, the day after, it's like, she's going to be the rising star of CNN. That lasted less than 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, They're not going to let her be the rising star of CNN. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was just a... I, I Remember, love- it was uh, Jimmy Fallon almost lost his gig at The Tonight Show for having a fun moment back in 2016 with Trump. Yeah, remember that? Tussling his hair. But that's... If Biden agreed to do a town hall with Sean Hannity... And the problem would be... Well, the left would go crazy for him going on Fox News. uh, You're right. You probably would, yeah. I've never heard anyone on the right going crazy because Fox News has somebody on from the left. No. I mean, maybe they have and I missed it, but you don't see the kind of uprising we saw last week. Oh, no. It was still there this weekend. Mm -hmm. Just Chris Christie even said it. What? CNN didn't have to do that. <laughs> and he's going to be the nominee. He says he's going to be the nominee. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, nobody has to do anything. Yeah. But he's he's a viable candidate. Mm. Why can't it? What is the big uproar? Look, we could go piece by piece. Like we we have with with other things before, and we could we could tear things to shreds as we always do, whether it's a Republican person being interviewed or a Democrat. Mm-hmm. But I'm not upset that they go on a network to talk. Yeah, he said uh, CNN went in the tank to get Trump to agree on the on the uh, on the town hall. Look, I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah, I don't know. Is he upset that they haven't asked him to do a town hall? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The network was wrong for cutting a deal with Trump to agree. They got 2 point, what was it, 2.1 million? Three. Is it 3.1? Yeah. All right. Well, but wait a minute. What deal did they, did, did, could they not ask some questions because they asked him all the questions that a lot of Republicans wish they wouldn't have asked him? Yeah, right. Because everything initially was what? Stolen election, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not about the issues. I mean, the first thing, uh, who was it? Who was uh, one of the, uh, oh, it was Byron Donald right after. Mm-hmm. How come that nobody cares about that? Why aren't they asking him the questions? I mean, he was... So I mean, what deal did he cut? Did did he get? I mean, did did they? Is he getting the same deal that Biden's getting? The questions are pre. Were questions yeah, predetermined and approved? I, I haven't heard that. I did don't you? Think so did no. you hear that? I didn't no. hear that. No. <laughs> but I just thought about that over the weekend. I mean, I've, these people are just furious. You know, it's like, who cares? Judge them by the substance of what was said back and forth. Judge everybody the substance. Don't, why are you angry that somebody's 
interviewing somebody else. Both parties agreed, of course. Both parties cut a deal. The deal, will you come on and do a town hall? Yes. Okay. I didn't hear anything about any pre-approved questions, did you? No, he's making the claim that, you know, the audience, the live audience there was roughly 80% of Trump supporters. You know, so, but... Well, since it's a basically... But Caitlin Collins was not yeah, going Caitlin to... Collins, yeah. You know, she wasn't going to be a softball approach on, on Trump. We knew that that was going to end up being a debate between her and Trump. Not a town hall. Yeah, we knew that up front. Yeah. We said, well, so, let's, let's see how much of a town hall it is versus a debate back and forth between Collins and Trump. Yeah. I mean, says CNN was wrong for doing it. Why? They got three million people. So. What was morally wrong about CNN wanting to interview Trump? Right. If they didn't cut a deal, if they're saying, look, all the questions are pre-planned by CNN, obviously that wasn't the case, and nobody's making that claim. If the claim is they're all Republicans, well, yeah, it was done in New Hampshire because we're in the primary season. Mm-hmm. So a town hall debate is going to be, excuse me, a town hall, a primary town hall is going to be Republicans asking questions. Mm-hmm. Of course, the majority are going to love Trump. Right. And right now he's in the lead. Yeah. That was natural for that to be the case. Wonder if Christie's upset that he has no. Been asked. I, I probably so, because <laughs> he's already said out loud <laughs> to people <laughs> in a serious way that he's going to be the nominee. Yeah. No. Barring a massive and very dangerous pandemic no <laughs> that's that's not going to be the case uh, I, it's, then, <laughs> there's just no <laughs> i had another statement i just i need just to shut up i'm the show's almost over no i almost went there too uh, okay. that was the clean version yeah, so what I, yeah, that was the trimmed down version. No, I'll tell you, I was going to say, you said as long as the pandemic doesn't hit, my next question was with people with underlying conditions because he is a little overweight. That's, that would, yeah, I was gonna that, say, was, that was going to be. I was going to say that, that, that does, well, I was going to just say that doesn't hit former governors in New Jersey. Oh, okay. <laughs> it would be that specific. Um, but it's not, honestly, uh, it's not going to happen. It, and, I think his only play, his only strategy right now is basically to show that he's not in favor of Trump. You know, he and Mitt Romney are very much alike in that. Okay, fine. But he hasn't demonstrated at all as to why he would make the best nominee. He just hasn't. And right now, Trump is leading in the in the polls in the GOP primary. No, he, and the 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 fact is with uh, with Christine, you and I talked about it uh, before when he ran uh, in twenty sixteen. We talked about it afterwards. I mean, he was 
the time on stage where Trump was ordering him around. I mean, that was just the worst <laughs> Sent imagery. Him back to his plane. That's the worst imagery that you oh, could have possibly gosh. ever imagined. Yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers it except us because so many people live in the bubble of today. But it was a moment where, let's be honest, he looked wimpy. Oh, man, it was horrible. Extremely wimpy. It was horrible. And, you know, he does have a strength of speaking loud, and he, and I, I don't mean loud, loud and clear, and he can be very precise in his answers. That's what he should focus on. Yeah. But sitting there saying that CNN shouldn't have done, I would have said, well, they can do whatever they want. I'm going yeah. to attack the substance of, I'm going to, if he's Christie, I'm going to attack the substance of Collins. I'm going to attack the substance of what Trump said here. He's right. Talk about the substance of it. The fact that a debate happened or a town hall happened where a debate broke out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's there's nothing morally wrong about doing that. Well, it's just, you know, all right, you could say something like, all right, let's see when it's a full stage. If he goes to a GOP primary debate yeah. with his opponents on stage, how he performs then. You could say that he's doing it alone because he's afraid. You could make that comment because he's afraid to debate us. Yeah. What does it say about if if he right. does this alone and then doesn't show up for the GOP debates? Yeah, you can speculate. Like you know, then yeah. what's that going to say? But, yeah, it, I think he's kind of jealous right now. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric. I'm Gary. <laughs> and, and so when uh, you heard so much talk about it was wrong for CNN to have Trump on, I'm thinking to myself, well, was it more wrong to have Trump on or to have Chris Cuomo on as long as they had him on? Yeah. Or right. was it wrong to have Trump on in a debate with a with a, a, an anchor and then some questions from Republicans in a primary town mm-hmm. hall? Mm-hmm. Uh, or to have uh, Don Lemon asking whether a black hole took down an airliner? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess everything's... Of all the faults there at CNN, (laughs) that's the one you chose? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 